Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. And welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. Um, I am using a video platform this time, but we are I always treat it like an audio platform. Uh, and basically I've got my guest, uh, I'll tell you about my guest in a minute. We have our usual shout-outs, we're using StreamYard, we have our, if you're watching on the video, uh, we have our sort of supporters, sponsors going across the bottom of the screen. Obviously with the number of di- number t- letters you can put in, you uh, can't always uh, basically fit them in, so I had to deplete it. But I always give a shout-out to my supporters and sponsors uh, for the podcast and the people, and I will be playing some music. I'm going to play a tune from Lindsay Crichton and an artist called Haney D. Lee. Uh, basically, it's good to support independent artists around the world and to bring their music, put their music out there. So if you're listening, you'll get a couple of tunes. Uh, so it's, it's been a while. I have still got a podcast to edit. I've been a bit lazy, but I think lazy and no, not disrespect. I was busy over Christmas. And then kind of, since we all were are planning January, we're planning for 2020, we... Oh, yeah, this is great. And then suddenly we it kind of went down the tubes very quickly because we're on lockdown. We're pretty much, a lot of us are climbing the walls, but we have to respect that a lot of people are still working from home. They have that ability, but it's a very messy situation the world is in. You would never write, you couldn't write it, you couldn't make it up. You could never expect us to be in a situation. Um, to this day, it's kind of weird. Um, but hey, it's when it's happening and we're just going to get on with it and it's tough, And but there will be hopefully... Some new thing out of it will come out stronger and we'll be able to all get, hopefully, the people that might have suffered through this, we'll be able to get them back into some work or whatever, be able to support them and uh, get things back into some sort of normality, which will totally take time. So uh, just uh, as as you know, if you're listening to this, we are going through COVID-19, you'd never expect to take uh, to affect pretty much the world, which is craziness. But my guest, let's talk, talk about that because it's COVID nineteen central at the moment, and we're all, that's all pretty much is what the news is. Uh, but we're not going. My guest is Donna Marie. So welcome to Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you very much for introducing me. How are you? Ah, uh, good. Thanks. Yeah. Well, as uh, <laughs> to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You are right? coping with uh, life in in our so, house. Yeah. Yeah, house, we're all under house, house arrest. We're all under house arrest, basically. It's really feels like. to our room. Yes, exactly. It's absolutely crazy. You can write it. So, let's say we're going to, let's talk about who's Donna Marie. I was, I'm going to give a shout out to the man himself, the man who introduced me to Donna. And he is the man who never sits still. He's on, um, he, he flies back and forward from a certain country to a certain country and back again and back again and forward and take your pick. He never stops. He's always on the go. And that man is Darren King, Darren King, King of Fitness. So I just want to give a shout out to Darren King, who is uh, a great, who connected, a great guy. He constantly just never stops. It's pinning that guy down as fun and games, you know. Um, but yeah, shout out to Darren King for introduce, introducing me to Donna. But yeah, let's get back to... Donna, so let's tell who is Donna Marie. Tell us a bit about your background. Tell us a bit about how you you're growing up, where you're from, and uh, just 
education and blah, blah, blah. Just go, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, sure. So I'm Donna Marie. I'm 33. I was born in Enfield in London. So lived in, um, didn't actually live in Enfield, lived in Hertfordshire for most of my life up till my 20s. Then I decided to run away <laughs> to go to Bristol um, for seven years. And then I came back to London. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm back where I should be, I feel. And a bit about my background is, um, was, had a a most interesting childhood, was in and out of hospital at a young age and uh, had to have several operations on my hands and and, uh, had a complication at birth. So basically this resulted in me having to spend lots of time in that hospital, which was was in Great Ormond Street, amazing place. Um, and basically I missed out on quite a lot of school because of that so actually when I wasn't having an operation I was either trying to carry on with my homework or trying to fit in and catch up with my studies somehow and it was it's quite stressful childhood really and um I didn't ever really fit in it was hard to sort of fit back into the normal crowd and get back in and get back onto my studies so you know, it was a bit of a distracted child and I didn't really enjoy much at school. I was a very kind of active child. I wanted to just do my own thing and, and be creative and be artistic. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't really want to learn anything else. <laughs> so um, this pretty much carried through into my more of my adult life in my 20s. I went to college. I studied a fine art diploma. I studied 3D display and, and window display. And I just it elaborated into that and I got into the stage management and technical theatre industry, mm-hmm. and I loved, that's my background, really, in nice. my uh, career. Yeah, and I worked in the theatre industry for and uh, the music industry for quite a while, which I loved. Don't get me wrong, I loved it, but it was very unsociable, and um, the hours were like 18-hour days, and I never really mm-hmm. saw daylight. So that was quite difficult, being able to sort of actually see I'm cut I was kind of locked down I was locked down big time in your job <laughs> in my job 18 hour yeah. days it's kind of it that's crazy tough. I mean that's like yeah. five you're lucky if you have about five hours sleep if that yeah I really I would I would work from sort of eight in the morning all the way up to sort of nine ten o'clock ten thirty eleven o'clock at night setting up show in the morning setting it all up running through all the technical rehearsals and then going to bed for a few hours and then coming back in the same day and just doing the same over and over I'm again. Serious burnout almost. That is crazy. It was I, a huge burnout. You must have been, wow, it must have been like coffee <laughs> on, on tap, but literally or something. Yes, coffee and Weatherspoons on tap, literally. There was a Weatherspoons next door. That's where we'd go for our lunch. Uh, we'd have coffee and it was just, it was, it was, I loved it and that's why I did it for so long. But it, it did burn me out big time. And yeah. it was just unfortunate because I would have probably stayed in that industry had I have not had so many hours. It was just crazy. Um, so I've seen a lot and I've done a lot and I've done a lot of shows and worked with a lot of people and, and we're West End and, you know, all over. But I had to, I was always looking for something different. So I came out of that industry because of the burnout and realizing that I was sort of meant for more. Um, and I wasn't meant to sort of hide away in the darkness. I was supposed to be able to share the light and give that out to people. So I I kept questioning what I wanted to do. I got into social care, worked within the social care industry and helping people with dementia and working in um, the elderly social care industry for about five years. 
loved that. Really, really did love that. I worked with, um, yeah, the elderly and helping helping these people just get more of a better, better quality of life and really just doing what I could with my nine-to-five job. Or Again, that was social, on social hours. I would do 10-hour days, sometimes seven-to-seven or um, a half day. And But it was actually quite mentally and emotionally draining and it took its toll on me um, mentally because of the dementia and being around that environment all the time. And it was only so so much time I could actually commit to that job I had to find a way out of doing that so it was I loved it because I was helping people but I wasn't helping people in the way that I really wanted to help people so I just questioned things on how I wanted to live my life I randomly met this guy online um for an online dating website and I just took this massive lunge and leap and I decided to move to Bristol and run away <laughs> how, how old were you when you moved to Bristol oh it was yeah it was seven years ago now so that was roughly when I was about 27 26 yeah 26. yeah 26. so well it must have been I mean to go obviously you care work I mean, I've done a lot of people have done care work and it is especially if it is older people medicine the elderly or care homes mm. it is cha- challenging at the best of times because uh, we're all going to end up you know, well hopefully we'll grow old at some point we'll probably end up at that stage at some point in our lives uh, which is not easy so it is challenging um, yes. I mean to go from obviously 18 hour day to care work I mean uh, just backtrack a little bit to what kind of shows were you producing and all that and uh, what kind of things were you doing I mean, yeah. was, it, was it high-end shows or was it kind of it's a mixture lo- a mixture a lo- so can you talk about the shows you were yeah. involved in yeah so um it was a bit of a mixture really so I worked in a lot of the because I was freelance so I'd work in different theatres around like Hertfordshire and London mm-hmm. I actually managed to work on Phantom of the Opera which was Pretty amazing. Wow, and that nice. was my favourite show. Um, so that was a kind of a lifetime um, ambition goal that actually happened. Um, a lot, I'd work a lot more in the uh, running of... I did a lot of pantomime in, in Hertfordshire and in London. So running pantomime, doing the lighting, setting up the sound, um, doing all the prop work and the stage management. Um, I'm trying to think of what shows I did now. I worked a lot with musicians, so I would um, so like bands and uh, tribute bands as well. So we had uh, uh, Mercury, which was a tribute band, a Freddie Mercury tribute band. That cool. they were amazing. Um, oh God, that's so long ago now. Um, God, I can't think what else I worked <laughs> on. It's like a mind blank. <laughs> any what about, what about any famous people name drops? I had, I worked with one famous guy. Um, I'm trying to think of his name now. I've, I've worked with like the National Theatre. Um, famous, I'm really bad remembering names. <laughs> but I worked with this one guy. Um, I, God, I can't remember his name now. He, he played Buttons in Cinderella. Um, yeah, and he was in like a child, he was in like a, a TV programme back in the day. Like ten mm. years ago, and I can't remember his name now. I'm not good with names. That's really bad. There you go. I got to work on that. Mm. Um, but yes, there there was there was many. Well, I obviously trained at RADA, um, so I went to, um, trained at RADA for my technical theatre course, and I met you know the likes of sort of Alan Rickman and um, wow. uh, oh his name. I can't think of his name now. 
terrible with names. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 it was like it seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it's amazing I mean, seven years can be crazy this day and age because the way, the way life is uh, completely fast paced to say the least yes. and how and it's seven years of, oh, it wasn't that long ago and you realise crumbs <laughs> were like yeah. before you know it we are going to be well pretty much I'll start focusing in 2021 now basically but anyway yeah. we'll come into that um, so let's you, you let's go back to well before you go to the Bristol part uh, just uh, I'd like to give a shout out to we get this out of the way now I've got a shout out to my supporters and sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders um, podcast. Yes, I'm using a video platform, but I obviously like this for those who are listening. I treat it as a standard audio podcast uh, that I'm doing. So I'm using StreamYard. Thanks to StreamYard for their platform and their use. Uh, just a shout out to the people who are scrolling across the screen if you're watching the video. Um, sponsors is a Frame Your Day app by Ephia Latham. Uh, we have Natural Soap by Zikia. Uh, if you're looking to buy soap, the one is in Canada and one is in Philadelphia. Uh, myself, edmundusters.com, uh, Brent Benita Charles, who has supplied ser- several of our music. She's a great artist, does singing tips. Uh, she was supplying some little 60 second moments for the show. We'll get back to that two through time. She's taking a bit of a career break at the moment, the two things that are going on, especially in New York, but we'll come to that again. Uh, but yeah, so I'd like to shout out these guys. As I say, there's my friend John Drummond, Ideas Go Live. You think of web design, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. He did my website, my business one. I've got the guy R. Cook from the guy R. Cook Report, Brent Man Music um, from BrentManMusic.com, Shannon Griffin for For Humanity. She does t shirts. She does like Survive and Thrive after she's being a cancer survivor. Also, Patrick Voss, who is a broadcaster, he does voiceovers and promo drops if you're interested. Uh, Eileen Smith is the, the main person, Eileen Smith from uh, EileenSmith.com. Uh, she is a, a tests lots of audio equipment, tests lots of podcasting stuff, how to go live, constantly testing new stuff. She's on a YouTube channel. You can always check it out if you're interested in starting a podcast or just connecting with her. She is the, the, she's the queen, basically. We call her the queen. So Eileen Smith, she's from Philadelphia as well. I had the privilege of meeting her a couple nearly a year and a half ago, which is good. So Eileen is I-L-E-A-N-E, so it's not the normal spelling of it. So uh, just uh, you'll find her on YouTube and you can connect with her if you wish. And she also has a lot of affiliate links if you want to buy something. And you can you know, drop her a couple of, couple of bucks in her pocket, which would be nice. But anyway, just a shout out to these people. Uh, always good to have supporters. We need to support people back in the podcasting world and to be able to uh, help just support each other, especially at this time at the moment in this year. Uh, what we're all going through. So we'll come back to we're going back to my guest Donna Marie all the way from uh, London. So you're going to you're, you've just moved to you've taken the hit to say I'm going to run away to Bristol and uh, this is where it's. I know I had a brief chat with Donna before uh, we went live and we basically uh, this she's got a good uh, really interesting story and a story will relate to a lot of people who I'm connected with. And especially at this time, we will kind of dissect more into it, which is the now, because uh, it's been discussed in the news a lot as well. So uh, tell us about your Bristol trip. So, Yeah, so that was a massive leap. That was a very, just, I'm going to do it, sort of leap. You know, I didn't really get on with my parents at the time. And I was just like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I need to get out and, and just experience life outside of London. London got too much, I think. Really needed to escape London. So it was my way of like running away and starting again. But it was the best thing I ever did because it was where everything sort of started and I've blossomed since I moved to Bristol. Mm. Although when I did move, 
there was a lot of you know it was a bit rocky and as when I first started I, I moved for this guy which was like a classic thing of a 25 or 26 year old you know if this does not resonate with many others then I'll be surprised but I took the leap I moved I took all my stuff and I shoved it in my car and I went and I decided to like sell up and I didn't know where I was going to go I didn't have anywhere to live um I was just going to live with him for a bit and it really didn't last very long. Um, I didn't actually plan this very well. I, I managed to get a job in social care there in Bristol, and it was not it was not what I expected. I was like, oh yeah, Bristol's going to be this dream life, and it'd be so much better on the other side. The grass is green on the other side, but it was yeah, it was not not as I'd planned. Um, this this relationship didn't last very long. He he was um, not the not the most positive of characters, and yeah we just didn't click and after a while and I mean he was he was in his own ways he was generally a nice guy he was a biker um he was in a biker gang so you can imagine <laughs> I got involved in the biker gang which was Hell's a bit angels. crazy Hell, Hell's <laughs> yeah. Angels right yeah I've met a lot of the Hell's Angels which is um <laughs> they, it's quite scary <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Hello. Hello. Please don't kill me. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's your name? Right next to you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, what am I getting myself into here? Um, I had to, you know, I met quite a few good friends out of it, like female friends out of it, though. So it was mm-hmm. a positive that came out of that. Um, but I was really thinking, I've got to get out of this. This is not not the place I want to be. I ended up moving in with one of the bike, biker couples. Oh, my God. It was like, could it get any worse? So I moved in with them. Um, and that was not fun. That was about three months of, oh, I was just living under, under those. Um, that roof was very toxic. So, um, and I got chucked out. I got chucked out. So how, yeah. don't, go into, how, if, I don't know if you can talk about it, how toxic, yeah, in what way was it a, yeah. Tell us a day. To, uh, uh, tell us about a general day of that sort of. I mean, how toxic it was in what way? What were they doing to affect you? And how did that in your own mentality? Okay. Well, they, for example, they they would not um, ever stop like taking drugs in in the place. For example, um, right. so it was I was surrounded by drugs twenty four seven. I was surrounded by like just um, a mess, a heap of mess, like everything you walked through. It was like, oh God, like nothing was. So it was like a toxic, depressing, cluttered environment anyway. And the lady, the lady that um, <coughs> was, that was part this couple's wife or girlfriend, she um, was like, she was not grounded. She, she had a lot of issues herself. Right. Um, she'd never dealt with and I really got sucked into her I, I thought she was this amazing woman but she'd have random outbursts of like pulling my hair and, and just like pushing me or like random sort of like just um blaming me for things that I hadn't done or um blaming me for something that I hadn't even and it was just this constant sort of yeah it was not a fun environment I felt restricted you know I'd try and have my room a certain way and nice and clean and tidy and like she'd come in and like mess it up and and weird stuff like that really weird just weird behaviors and and being a um I used to smoke years and years ago and I'm just not judging people that smoke but they were smoking 24 7 so I was just like and being an asthma sufferer from a young age as well that was really affecting my health Mm -hmm. and I was just like so depressed in that place 
um, and I really needed to get out. Um, but I didn't know how. I didn't know where else to go. I had nowhere else to go. I didn't know anyone. I really didn't know any anyone else. And once uh, something happened with her in her personal life, and she just basically lost the plot. Um, and my car was parked outside the house, and it got broken into. Oh, that's um, right. yeah, which was not grunt fun it was like pretty much a brand new car um like my first car that I'd ever bought and uh yeah it got basically broken into and I didn't blame anyone I wasn't blaming them I just mentioned it to her she just basically lost the plot she she grabbed all my stuff and like chucked me out that day and I didn't have anywhere to go so I had to sleep in my car for a few nights and work out what I was going to do so that was unexpected. And My goodness. Yeah. I know people have been through worse than that, but, you know, that's for me. That was not expecting that. <laughs> mm-hmm. My goodness. So going forward from there, tell us, uh, I mean, how did yeah. you, you, I mean, where did, what was your next plan after, I mean, sleeping in your car? I mean, I know there's people who I've connected with uh, who have been homeless and had in a situation. So what was your next plan? Obviously, two nights to think about it. I mean, what did you do? Yeah. Just get. I just thought, I what have I got to do? Now I've got to reach out for help. So I reached out to people that I worked with, um, people that I didn't know as part of this this group of people. And luckily, I was able to live um, with a friend of mine for for a couple of weeks until I could find somewhere for my own. Because I had money coming in, I had this job, this care job. Um, but it was. I luckily I was able to live with them for a couple of weeks until I was able to sort of find my own place. So I've moved around. I mean, I've moved around in Bristol so many times, probably be about four or five times in Bristol, just going from one place to the other, to the other, to the other, and never really settled in. But anyway, I managed to live with these this couple for a while. And they were great. They were really supportive, really helpful. It wasn't the best environment, but I was really grateful for just, you know, someone taking me in and helping me when I needed someone the most. And it really opened my eyes of, of just thinking like, I need to be more I need to be more independent I need to be more in charge I need to step up here because I was just letting people walk over me and I wasn't standing up to it and it made me really analyze and reflect on how things were going in my life like things just kept getting worse um and I decided to realize that I needed to change and I needed to to actually start looking for somewhere to live on my own I found this this place in in Bristol Again, it wasn't the best environment. It wasn't, it was very loud. Like she had a dog that just barked 24 7. And again, it was a smoking environment. And, but it was affordable. And I had my own little bathroom and it was okay. It was okay. And then I moved to a different job, <laughs> which was another care job um, around the corner. And it, again, this lasted for probably a couple of years. Like I really stuck it out. Um, but it was not ideal. I was living with yeah. this, this, this woman that was socially anxious um and I think I took a lot of her anxiety on as my own as right. well um and the dogs were just yeah I've never got I never got a moment of peace but it was learning it, again it was learning for me um something I didn't mention by the way it was before I moved to Bristol I was in like abusive relationship I, I think I cut that bit out uh, we can, we'll come into that we'll talk about that we'll backtrack a little bit so we can but yeah it, but we can, that's a good thing because there's people who will probably relate to who listens to the podcast relate to that so we can uh, 
but let's say take what we'll do is uh, for those who are listening on the audio uh, the audio version we are going to play a track a couple of artists I like to support on this we've got uh, Lindsay Crichton who's based uh, I can't remember where she's based but she's in the UK and we've got uh, an Australian Korean artist called Haney D. Lee so we're going to play one of Lindsay Crichton's tracks her t- track is which I just bought and downloaded one of them to play um, Let's Lie Here for a while which is we're going to play that so we'll pump out one of her tunes uh, on the podcast we'll be back after this uh, after that so we're back in part two. back to part two uh, for those who are just wondering what I was doing I was just having a break for the audio but I will, uh, the, for the audio podcast uh, that's what I'll be doing but anyway uh, we're back my guest Donna Marie all the way from uh, Enfield in London um, basically we're just talking about her um, what she's been doing obviously her build up to her life she was working 18 hour days uh, basically working care work uh, basically decided to jump ship and go to Bristol 
but we're going to come back to backtrack a little bit because we uh, important part which we'll then discuss a bit later because a lot of people relate to that. So, um, Donna, so you're going to tell us about your, you've been in an abusive relationship. So that's a key mm. thing at this time in the moment in time. But let's tell us about your experience in that. Yeah. So when I was in Hertfordshire, what well, I just before I moved to Bristol, so this was probably when I was about 23, I think it was about 23, I was working as a, as a waitress in a pub. And I met, I met this guy who I fell in love with. I thought he was like gold dust. I was this very gothic character as a, as a, in my 20s. I was like a bit of a rebel and, and all black all the time. And I was this gothic, like, you know, don't come near me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the rebel sort of character. And, um, but he was like the mirror of me. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. Someone who understands me. And so I fell in love with this guy or what I thought was love. But really, it was just abuse. It was just like, I'm just attracting him because I feel the way he does. I feel as broken as he does. And so I got involved with this guy. I was in this relationship for three years. And it started out great. You know, he was amazing, supportive. and But it was all just a bit of a front. Um, and, you know, and I really got trapped into his ways. Like, he was seriously a bit of a psycho. <laughs> and um, he would he would do things like, breaking up like people's property and like weird stuff like that and and I just didn't want to be involved in any of that I was never involved in any of it but I knew that he did it and part of me was like I need to tell people so I did I did actually tell people about this you know I had to I couldn't just keep this from people it's abusive abuse of people's property um and he was he would do crazy things like we'd go for a drive and he'd pull the handbrake up on the motorway and stuff like that. Like he would just like do crazy stuff like that. Um, he would try to think what he did now. He, he would like, we would come, I would go around his house. Mm-hmm. I was never allowed to actually go in his house. Um, mm-hmm. and we would, and we would talk like he would, I don't know what he was protecting, you know, he's very protective and you know, you're not allowed to come in sort of thing. And, but we'd have a chat and it ended up into an argument because he would say that I don't, didn't understand him and he ended up just pushing me out on the floor and, you know, I'd end up hurting myself so many times just, like, from his abuse, just pushing me downstairs um, when he came around mine. Um, I managed to actually go around his once and, again, it was, like, push you down the stairs or slam the door in my face or, you know, actually physically was very abusive and mentally abusive. This guy loved hanging around graveyards, for God's sake. You know, mm-hmm. he was obs- <laughs> he was obsessed. Like, he, he was not... He was very weird, very odd. And, yeah, I just don't know how I got in with him and how I actually stayed in that relationship with him that long. The worst episode was when we went to London and we went to Camden and we went to this place called The Underworld, if anyone knows it. And... Um, I we were both on antidepressants by this time you know I was I was not in a good place because of this guy I I I really feel like he was a big part of how I felt with my my depression and he was very socially just didn't want didn't like people would say that he hated people he was just like hate towards anyone um but it was hate towards himself so we had this argument in London and that was it I was just like oh god this guy is just nuts I'm, I'm done um, and that that was when I was like, right, I'm going to go and jump in front of a train. So I decided to stand and sit by the, by the track and just sit. And I've, bearing in mind, I had probably about 
two free pints of alcohol by that point. Especially on antidepressants, it's not a good combination. Oh, <laughs> my God. I was, yeah, that was awful. You know, you're not supposed to drink on antidepressants. Um, I was on quite a high dose. And that, I really wanted to just die. You know, like, that was it. I was, I was done. And I got called. Um, I can't remember what happened. I was, like, blacked out completely. Um, he was obviously around me. But I think someone called for help. Obviously, someone called the ambulance. Someone called the police. So I had to go in a unit overnight. And, yeah, I, had, I was, like, in a unit overnight. And he was there with me, obviously being questioned as to what happened. And the police got involved. And, oh, I was just like, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. I can't do this anymore. So that had a massive knock-on effect of my mental health and my, part, my relationships beyond that as well. Um, but I finally managed to end it with him after I recovered from that. And, yeah, three years, I mean, people stay in relationships longer than that, but three years I was done. I was, mm. couldn't do that did, <laughs> anymore. Did the scenario that you went through uh, there, which did you t- bring some of the, the hurt and the trauma when you went to Bristol, did it last a bit longer when during your time in Bristol? Did you go to other relationships? Was it still a similar scenario? Yeah, so when I first moved to Bristol, I attracted this 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 guy, uh, this biker guy, and that's how I eventually got into the biker gang. And Tom, you know, he wasn't very supportive. He was just he wasn't really abusive. He was just not really. It was just like wasted time. But then after him, I got stuck in another relationship with a guy that was a narcissist, <clears throat> and. Again, I was in a relationship with him for two years, and I can talk a bit more about that and how that affected my self-relationship and I ended up moving in with him. So it had a massive knock-on effect, but it was all subconscious. I'd never dealt with it. I just sort of, me taking the leap to Bristol, I was like, oh, this will be great, everything would be fine, and everything will be sorted. And this is quite a common thing where people run away and they expect something to change, but it never actually changes because you've never healed. I never healed from it never actually sought help you know from it if that makes sense yeah so, so in being in uh an abusive relationship obviously going from taking the sort of the the, the weight the, the the millstone around your neck kind of with you into relationships so what at what point i'm trying to get the question right in my head how did you, what, when did you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel to say, this is enough, I can't go through with this, and went to just get out? When, where was your exit door, your plan? What, of, of the relationships? Yeah, of the abuse yeah. that you're going through, the things <coughs> that you're constant. Because obviously abuse is, is, is so many forms of abuse in relationships uh, in many ways. There's physical and there's mental, mm. especially in, in this day and age now that you have recognised in a lot that psychological abuse is now law in many places because they weren't recognising it before. so But you were obviously going through... Did you ever go into... Really, was it any physical at all? Was it just mainly psychological you went through? He was very physical, very mental, very emotional. Um, right. Like, he would do the physical things, like the crazy pull, the handbrake stuff up when I was driving. And he'd, like, push me out the car and he would decide to drive for me. And like, he would do weird things like, like taking control of my car and smashing it and, you know, like... I had to pay for for the, all the damage and stuff that he did to like my property as well. Mm. So that was I didn't really wake up then. I just thought, oh well, you know, I didn't really wake up. But the relationship when I got into Bristol, I was just fell in love with this guy that I thought was amazing, and and I ended up 
being like him and I was just like trying to mirror him unconsciously and trying to be like him. He, I met him from, I haven't even met him. I met him for a, for a friend um, at an event and again, he came across very nice, very sweet, very giving, very caring and, you know, I sort of fell into that same trap again and I ended up living, moving in with this guy for about a year about yeah about a year and um unfortunately I felt pregnant and I didn't want to have this kid well part of me did want to have this baby but he didn't want it you know he was like complete disassociate because he was a narcissist you know they don't have the hearts they don't have a soul really and he very much was just like just doesn't exist like he hadn't clicked that it was true um and this, this is when it sort of clicked that I was like, oh my god this guy is like not not right he's like a narcissist or something or what's going on you know I had to sort of even like trying to go to the hospital with with you know and have like um speak to the doctors and stuff about it what I was going to do like he would never come never support me and I just kept thinking oh god could I, like what am I doing and but like it was it was really that when I realized that oh my god I never want to I don't want to continue these patterns over and over again and I didn't, I didn't have the baby because he didn't want anything to do with it. And I just thought, oh, I just actually, I just can't. I don't want to have this child with a, with, a, with a dad that just doesn't want anything to do with it. Like, I just did not feel right for me to have that. Um, and that was pretty what woke me up. You know, right. from then I was, like, still working in my business. I was massaging. I was, like, running my business behind the scenes. And I pretended that everything was okay. It wasn't. And then, yeah, very much, like, pretty much was the last straw. That's what woke me up. I was okay. like, when it's not just about me, it was about something else that was so, so precious. Well, let's say uh, we'll take a small break. For those who want to give it and say thanks to people who support us. And uh, like the, as the, if you're watching the video, you'll see us go uh, to people who do support us. Like to shout out again, just uh, as I say, our sponsors, uh, the Frame Your Day app and uh, by Ephia Latham and Zakia, natural soap by Zakia, but who uh, sells soap if you're looking, which also does hand creams as well. She's really sort of developed into the product range uh, if you're interested. But yeah, it's always good to have people who <coughs> And we are going to um, basically play our tune. We've got Haney D. Lee. We're going to play one of her tunes uh, and crank that up. And I'll tell you exactly what it's called uh, just now, which her, how big is There we go, her is only with me so play that just to good to support independent artists uh, around the world in their music and just to keep them um, people do well there's a lot of people get hidden with independent artists through the big names and it's also good to support them basically going forward so that's the plan there so but uh, we'll, we'll come back in a second and we'll play her Hades music
Welcome back to the final part of the show. We're going to talk about Donna, with my guest Donna Marie. As a shout out to Darren King, who uh, introduced uh, me to for, the, for my guest. Um, so I want to thank you to Darren King. Uh, he'll be living up in this. He'll be sitting on probably sitting on a beach right now uh, in Australia, or viewing some sunset. He'll be doing his fifty press ups that his challenge he's been doing. He'll laugh at that when he listens to this. Um, so big uh, shout out to uh, Darren King um, in Australia. But uh, yeah, so but we're gonna, this, we're gonna this is the sort of now part of your story, uh, your your business. Talk about your business, talk about how it's grown and developed, and uh, obviously you're now you're not, not in Bristol anymore. So you can tell us when you got yourself back on the in the car or back down the back down the road. So ah. let's uh, discuss that part. Yeah, so business grew and grew after that a big episode. And I realised I needed to change my business and how I was living my life and we ended up breaking up. And then I met this amazing guy who just supported me through the whole, shout out to him by the way, (coughs) Ed Britton, amazing. Um, We were in a relationship for three years and he was just a gold and he supported me so much with my business, my life. I was like, yes, I finally, finally found the one. And so we were together for a good three years we lived in we lived in this beautiful place and things were going amazing business was getting better and I I was just loving life um but what happened with him it was just I decided after three years it wasn't working and actually it wasn't working because we were more we come become more like best friends and you know it was just that romance had gone but he was still this beautiful like light in my life and I just thought you know I really had to say to him you know I'm going to move I need to move back home you know I felt intuitively drawn to move back home there was like a steeper calling for me to go back back home um to where I needed to be and it was not just about me it was like family reasons my business reasons I just felt like I needed to come back here and like start again and revisit old rooms part of my healing journey and expand my business into this coaching business um, helping women to heal their traumas, their their relationship traumas, their their abuse traumas, their sexual traumas, their their relationships with the money in their business as well. And I just just I, I did a coaching course that helps me to sort of get the qualification that I needed to to help these women on a deeper level. I trained in my two hundred hour yoga um, course in in order for me to practice yoga and that released a lot of the traumas that's what really healed me deeply and transformed my whole life so I now teach women um how to heal themselves through therapeutic transformation through coaching and through healing and through yoga so that's I moved from Bristol because it just felt like this I you know everything was falling away around me if that makes sense, like nothing was working anymore around me. Like business had gone flat and I was just, I took this as a sign to just move and decide to actually just listen to my intuition and just go for what felt right. And it was, it was the best decision. The hardest decision I probably ever had to make because it meant I had to leave him, but I had to, to do it for the right reasons. You know, it would have been wrong of me to stay, to please someone else. And I decided I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And I wasn't going to be a people pleaser anymore. And this was about, you know, from my heart to, to his and to my clients and to the, the the growth of my business and to the growth of this world that I wanted to do more. And I come back back here and pack my stuff up 
and come back. <laughs> so I'm here now. So this, so tell us a bit more. You're now home. You're, you're starting a fresh, fresh start. Uh, fresh start. And tell us about the going forward now. How long have you been home now? I've been hmm. home now for, since December. So December. not that long. So it's yeah, not, not long. long. No, so not long. So in space of... In the space of well, basically nearly four, three, three and a bit months. What's happened in your three and a bit months apart from lockdown? <laughs> yeah, lockdown. <laughs> God, yeah. Apart oh. from being, hmm, I'll just go out. For, I'll just go. Yeah. And, I'll just go to the gym. Oh, fat, no, I won't. I'll just go to the cinema. <laughs> fat, no, I won't. I'll just go for that coffee. It costs a coffee, and no, I won't. <laughs> um, can't can't, I can't do anything at the moment. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's, <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'll just go sunbathe in the beach. In fact, I won't do that either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, so oh let's go into the now. We've got a bit of a mixed background of what you've been up to in your life and your, your struggles. Yeah. And I think I'd love to be able to connect you. There's people that you can connect with and you might benefit you in what you do. Um, there's a woman called Dorothea Robinson who helps. She went through a similar style and more in the psychological uh, abuse side Uh but she wrote a book, and it's about she likes to. It's like freeing butterflies, basically, and freeing people who oh. are getting helping people get out of relationships and exit strategy. So she's in Philadelphia, and um, we'll kind of Philadelphia. No, she's in more Baltimore, and not Baltimore, kind of Baltimore, uh, Maryland area. And she does, she does. Uh, so kind of, you probably might find that beneficial, uh, basically, uh, kind of thing. So uh, you can connect up with her at some point. And we can just hook that up. Um, but yeah, she does that. So you can hopefully, maybe you can link up and have a chat and go from there. Yeah, um, but but, uh, but tell, so what's you've always your business has expanded. Uh, yeah. you, what, tell us the expansion. Tell people where they can connect with you, and uh, what you're obviously from what you're hoping to do after coronavirus <laughs> as uh, Operation yeah. COVID-19. Uh, what's your, uh, tell us what you're hoping to do going forward uh, over the next, well, if not, whatever we can get out of this year, but for at least for 2021. Yeah, so it was always my intention to move this business online. Like even my holistic therapy business was overwhelming me and burning me out. And I loved it, but I was I needed to change the way I was working because I was running my business. I had seven hats. And if this doesn't resonate with anyone, that'd be surprised. Women in business, men in business, seven hats. You know, I was the admin, I was the um, you know, the therapist, everything. So I decided to actually already move that business online before December, before I moved. And I had to listen to that because I had so much resistance to doing that for so long. I was like, I don't want to have my business online. Yeah, I need to be with people. But it was the best decision I made because through December is obviously quite rocky mo- rocky month. January, I had no idea how I was going to actually properly make this happen. I'd already coached a, a few women online already and got quite good, res- amazing results with some women that I was working with on a deeper level. But I had to really think about how I was going to work and how I was going to move this business online. So um, I, I just took a couple of corporate jobs in London um, Giving, doing well-being in the workplace. So I'd go in and do yoga, meditation, mindfulness, um, talk about anxiety relief and and give like workplace massage. So I'd set that up um, as like a side project that to bring some money in to, and to just get some experience of working in the corporate world. And on the side, I was building my business. So the days that I had off from that, I was building my coaching business, talking to people, doing like, yoga online. 
but I wasn't really taking it seriously so much. I was not really concentrating on it. So actually this COVID-19 has been a really kind of a revelation for me. It's really made me think about, I have no option. I have, I can't go to the corporate companies and I can't go there physically to work. So how can I actually make this business finally happen and finally make it even more expansive and make it work? All my levels of experience and years of experience have finally decided to have more conversations with women, you know, write more content that is helping women to sort of open up, do more live videos. I've been setting up like a yoga, an online yoga portal where it's like a membership site. So I've been recording my classes so people can access the membership site so that's something i've been building that i've been putting off for ages mm-hmm. um my youtube channel i'm finally doing that after so long of not doing it um it's like forcing me to do these things that i've been resisting for so long been procrastinating about for so long and i've li- and i feel like i've it's actually made me step up more than ever because people need my services more than ever so in a, in a way it's like um it's given me time to really focus and knuckle down and make it happen, which has been great. Um, so that's really positive. And um, 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 obviously there's a lot of people that are struggling right now, especially in business. So mm. it's about prioritising. It's about focusing on the one thing that you can focus on and work towards that rather than like a million things. And like what is it that you really want to provide? How do you really want to help people? And what can you offer them now to support them because I was just offering so many different things and it was quite quite vague and now I'm just really nailing it down to what people need right now and I'm just adjusting my services to what people really need so where can people connect with you yes so I I'm on Facebook Donna Marie I have a personal profile on there and a and a business page as well Donna Marie self-mastery I also have a website, www.donnamariesalfmastery.com. I'm also on Instagram as well. So feel free to reach okay. out. And we'll have those links in the show notes of the, um, basically we put the podcast on podbean.com. So you'll find us on Ramsey Unleashed and Green Brown Borders. You'll find it on Podbean. So you'll have all the list of where you can connect with Donna. So yeah, I think well, it probably wraps it up really. So anything you want to quickly say or just uh, being in the podcast? <laughs> Just want to say thank you so much to Ramsey. You've, you've been amazing, Fraser. It's, it's just given me this opportunity to really speak and share that story more in depth. I've not actually shared that story more in depth before. It's quite a long oh. story, so it needed to come out, <laughs> needed good. to be shared. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. No, to speak. no problem. Hopefully, we, as I say, we can then you can connect with people and go from there. But anyway, thank you, and uh, to everyone who's been watching or listening on the audio version. Until uh, next time, have a good one. Stay safe. Stay at home, and. Uh, fight on to 2021 and get do it and do it okay take it easy guys take care thank you